Sometimes I feel so lost And it seems like there's no way back Then I look unto the cross And I see what love has done for me And I know you'll never leave There is nothing There is nothing that can separate us from you Separate us from you There is nothing There is nothing that can separate us from you I want them people too, God. I want, to, I want to be able to be in their lives and I want to be able to uh, encourage them and love on them and lift you up and, and just tell you that God sees you. And every one of you that are in this sanctuary, you're in his heart. He's thinking about you this morning. Amen? Amen. He's a good God all the time and he loves you. So if we can stand to our feet, we're going to get the service started. This morning, go ahead and put my title up. Please, please. By invitation only. This morning, by invitation only. God, speak it to each one of your hearts and your minds and your souls just right now. By invitation only, right? You guys ever have one of them? Only could come to the wedding, only could go to the party, only could go to this place. By invitation only. If you didn't have the invitation, you didn't get to get in. But God's extending an invitation to each and every one of us today. That we could, we could come into his presence. We could get into to everything that he's about, about us and us and him. And I hope that you're serving the Lord Jesus with all your heart this morning. And if you're not, you're going to have the opportunity too. Because the Lord is saying, I want all of you. I want all of you. I don't want anything to come between you and me. And God's telling you that this morning, right? Not only that, we got a lot of people that we got to bring with us because that's our assignment. That's our guidance that God gives us. And I'm going to read a scripture. Put the scripture up. Luke 10, 19 says this, and I'm going to read the first part. And it says, listen carefully. What does listen carefully mean? Let me hear you. It means listen, right? Listen carefully. He's like, listen. This is the word of God speaking to us this morning. He's saying, listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess, right here, right now, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and, ha- and you have the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, everything that the enemy tries to control you by. All the fear that he's been controlling you by for so long. All the anxiety that you carry in your heart. All the worries and concerns that the enemy's been controlling you by. The Lord says, I've given you authority to trample over the enemy. And nothing will in any way harm you. Nothing. Nothing will harm you. Nothing could get in your way. 
You guys have been worried about a lot of things. We've been worried about family members. We've been worried about marriages. We've been worried about addictions. We've been worried about a lot of problems that come into life. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Get your eyes off the world and put it on Jesus. Don't look at everything that's going on out there. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. And today he's saying this. I've given you authority to trample over everything. Everything that might get in your way. Everything that might try to separate you from the love of Christ. Everything. You have the authority to tell it to go and it'll go. You tell it to get out of my life and get out of my way, it'll go. Right? But so many of us have been in this place for so long. By invitation only. He's inviting you to take authority today again. And some of us have been looking like this for so long. Go ahead and put the picture up. We've been fighting with the stupid devil for so long. We've been playing tug of war for, with him for so long. There's some children in the balance that we've been playing tug of war with. And we, we give the enemy ground to take our children. We give the enemy ground to have our marriages. We give the enemy ground to, to beat us and defeat us. But God says in his promise, you have the authority. You have the authority. Not the devil. He don't have no authority over you. He can't, he can't do anything that you don't allow him to do. And today, we, it may look like that today when you came in here. I've been fighting with this stupid devil for so long. I've been playing tug of war with him for so long. And today I'm telling you this. Go ahead and put the next one up. Take it back. Take it back. He didn't give the devil the authority. He gave you the authority. He didn't give the devil authority. He gave you the authority. Take it back. This morning you take it back. And that's an invitation from God. You don't have to have these struggles. You don't have to go through these things. You don't have to be worried about your child. You don't have to be worried about your marriage. Take it back. Take it back. This morning, I want you to say this this next one with me out loud. I want you to get excited about the things of God, the authority that he's given you. Today, we say this together. Devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. You can't have my health. You can't have my ministry. You can't have my giftings. You can't have my finances. You can't have my mind. You can't take my peace. You better back off because Jesus Christ is on my side. Some of us got to say that this morning. Some of us got to walk out of here with expectancy in our heart. Some of us got to just claim that over our lives. The enemy's a liar. He's been deceitful from the beginning. And he's been tricking us into believing the lies for so long. Today, that authority is yours if you want it. It's an invitation. Will you take it from him? Amen? Yesterday, I sat with the pastor from across the street. And man, I love divine appointments. And he was sharing his testimony with the guys at the men's breakfast. And he said, you know, the first time I heard about Jesus, it, it, it took 29 years before I heard about the love of Jesus. Way too long, family. Way too long. Somebody should have came in his life and shared that. And this morning, I got an assignment for you. If you haven't been paying attention to the times, Jesus is coming back soon. Coming back real soon. There's a story about the red heifers making it to Israel. They're going to sacrifice them in the temple to the Antichrist. You got to pay attention to that stuff. You got to know that there's people's lives in the balance. And he's given us an assignment to bring people in here. Put up the scripture. I'm going to read it. I'm taking my time. Because I want you to hear this. But Jesus said to him, a man was given a big dinner and he invited many guests. And at the dinner hour, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, because everything is ready right now. 
Everything is ready for the Lord to walk through them, come through them clouds and take us home. Everything is ready. But they all alike begin to make excuses. You guys making excuses of getting closer to God? What kind of excuses are you making for yourself? I can't have all of God. I want, to, I want the excuses to go away today. But they all begin to make excuses. The first one said to him, I've purchased a piece of land and I have to go out and see it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I purchased five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Some of them said, I got a brand new car. I'm going to take it for a drive. I don't have time to get in church today. Please consider me excused. Keep going. And another said, I have recently married a wife and for that reason, I'm unable to come. So the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then his master, the head of the household, became angry at the rejections of his invitation. Today, you got extended an invitation to take back that authority. And he said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the disabled and the blind and the lame. Bring them to this house. Bring them to the sanctuary. And the servant, after returning, said, sir, we've done what we've com- we've, what you have commanded has been done. And that still there is room. Then the master told the servant, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled with guests. For I tell you, not one of those who were invited and declined will taste my dinner. Family, we got work to do. We got work to do. You got family members that aren't serving the Lord. You got friends that aren't serving the Lord. This morning I was woken up by a dream and I was looking... My, my neighbor's faces were running through my, my mind like a Rolodex. People's faces keep rolling through my mind. And I, I, I woke up and I was like, God, please. I always think that there's tomorrow. There's not tomorrow. We got to take care of it today. People's lives are in the balance. And it's up to you to open your mouth and share what Jesus has done, with, done for you and in you. To tell them that the Lord loves them. It shouldn't take 29 years to get that word to somebody. You guys hearing me today? Today, when you leave this place, you got an assignment to share the love of Jesus. Today, you got an assignment to love people, guys. Put up the last picture. Work is hard, and there's a lot of distraction in this world. And time is short, family. Time is short. Raise your hands towards heaven, and let's ask God for help in this area. We're asking God for help. He's going to provide the help you need. Let's do it together as a family. I joyfully confess that God speaks to me and that I hear him when he speaks. He has opened my spiritual ears and I have the ability to hear when he calls and he invites me to do something new and special. When God asks me to do something or he beckons me to a new task, I do not argue. I choose to quickly agree with God so that I can walk continually with him. I consider an honor and a privilege when God, whenever God allows me the opportunity to do something in his service, I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Let's just reverence the Lord. Father, you let, our, you let your heart be known to all of us in this place. Each of us are an individual, and you have something for every one of us. You have something for, some for us to take care of, to handle, God. You trust us to handle it, Father. So today, I'm asking you for power and strength and the ability to say yes to you, Father. Today, there's people that need to say yes to you. 
There's people that need to take back authority this morning, God, over their families and everything that entails them. So, Father, today is about you. Be glorified in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's worship the Lord. I want you to walk around and greet each other. Spend some time in fellowship. Go tell someone that you're glad to see him in God's house. Again with me, church. Through you, the blind will see. Through you, the blind will see. Through you, the mute will see. Through you, the dead will rise. Through you, our hearts will praise. Through you, the darkness flees. And because my heart sings, I am free. I am free. Cause I am free to run The blind will see, through you the blind will see, through you the mute will see, through you the dead will rise, through you all hearts will praise, through you the darkness flees, because my heart sings, I am free, I am free.
right now in family studies and what we're finding is with 2020 with the covid is that these kids are just can't handle um the stress of school and um extracurricular activities they are just so overwhelmed and they have so much anxiety they just they can't handle it and it's more than we've ever seen the anxiety it's just so much and it just broke my heart and i was thinking you know, I've seen that. I've seen that working with kids and just um, with the the kids that were around. I've seen that just in the elevated anxiety that the kids are going through, and it just broke my heart. And then talking with friends um, on the worship team and just friends, uh, I've seen like how we're talking about how it feels like darker, and it just kind of feels like what people are going through. It just feels heavy right now, and talking with a friend um, who asked for prayer today because her stepson just took his life yesterday and she's in this room and um, 
just kind of some heaviness that's going on and in knowing some of you are going through some heavy stuff and I just want to tell you that God if you're feeling the heaviness God is with you and I have been in different points in my life where I felt heaviness on my spirit but God is with you and he can walk you through that and he can lift that from you and he can help you and he can restore and he can take that from that burden you're feeling and he can he can just lift it off your life and he can take that from you amen so he can help you walk in that he says that he will do that for you so church let's just worship and you don't need to be ashamed if that's you today don't be ashamed because he he's our healer he's our strength so don't be ashamed don't don't feel like you have to walk in here and feel like you got to be perfect because that's why we have a savior that that takes that so don't be ashamed just feel just feel his presence and let him restore and let's just worship him this morning amen and church worship because your worship will bring strength to people around you so let's just praise him praise him in your weakness praise him in your strength and let's praise god amen we worship you this morning lord give him your full attention amen church Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You're the King of Kings. We worship you, Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak it's all that I can do in desperation I seek heaven and pray this for you I pray for your healing the circumstances will change I pray that the fear inside of in Jesus name I pray that I pray today I pray miracles over your life in Jesus name in Jesus
Come on, give the Lord a praise offering, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you believe that the Lord is lifted up in this place today? And he said if we lift him up, that he'll draw all men to himself, all people to himself. So today, God, we lift you up. And we ask you to do the rest, Lord. We love you. We celebrate you, God. We recognize that there's no other name given unto men except your name, God. A name for salvation, a name for healing, a name for redemption, a name for hope, God. And today we just love you, God. We worship you and we thank you. Come on, before you're seated, tell someone in this house that God is here and that God is good. Let each other know and you can be seated. Amen. Amen. Someone say in Jesus name. One more time. Say in Jesus name. There's still power in the name of Jesus. There's still power in the name of Jesus. That's the name above all names. Amen. I like what Jill was saying earlier. When you're overwhelmed and you're facing a situation where there's no answers and there's nothing that man can do for you, nothing the doctors can do for you, nothing our government can do for you. There's one that you can go to, and his name is Jesus. And he's the name above all names, Lord of lords, King of kings. And today we just celebrate Jesus. How awesome it is to be together in God's house like this. Come on, give the Lord one more praise offering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know we could keep worshiping, but we got a lot that we're going to get to into the service. And we're going to continue to worship right now as we give to the Lord. So I just want you guys to, I want you to acknowledge right now how expensive children are. Come on. I should have gotten the biggest amen yet this morning. If you have kids or grandkids, come on. I mean, kids are, I don't know what it is. They never stop asking. Come on, someone say amen. Gavin, stand up real quick. Stand up real quick. Okay, sit down. You're too tall. Sit down. Last night, Gavin said to me, late. And I don't know why it's always late. Can't do it in a normal hour. But he said, Dad, let's run to Safeway. And my kids are addicted to talkies. If you don't know what talkies are, I don't know what's going on with my family. But hot, spicy, they got to have it. They got to have it. I'm a widow, but my kids dig talkies. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, Dad. And this is what's so funny is Gavin said, here's the thing, Dad. I need talkies right now, and I don't have a car. I need you to drive me. And he said this, and this confused me. He said, but if you put money on my card, I'll pay for it. And I said, you are so generous, son. He said, I'm being for real. If you put money on my card, I'll totally pay for it, all of it. And I'll not, I'll not only take care of you, I'll take care of all the kids. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, dad will take care of all the kids. But this is what was funny about the miscommunication is he was actually asking for me to move money from one of his accounts onto his debit card. And I was thinking that he was like asking me to pay for it the way I almost always do. But he was saying, dad, and I, that we were just, I kept saying, oh, you want me to put money in your card and you'll pay for it? And he was dead serious. Like, yes, why are you struggling with that? I'm just, because I'm always thinking, you know, because I'm always putting money on your card every day. But he said, no, from the special accounts, you know, from my, my money on my card. I was like, oh, oh. And, and then it, it dawned on me that as we were joking, I realized he was actually, it was an act of generosity. 
It was an act of like wanting to take care of everybody. And the reason I share that is because there's a scripture I want to give you right now. It's uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. And it says this. It says, if there are any poor among you, I love this. And I need you to say this word. Uh, say, be open-handed. Be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. And Gavin was in a place where he was totally in an open-handed mindset. He's like, I have money, and he does have money. I just thought he was talking about my money and Jill's money. But he's like, no, once we got that cleared up. And how many guys know dad still ended up paying for it? Come on. Dad still ended up paying for it. But it was just, it was just the idea of, like, I, he was in an open-handed place in his mind and in his thinking. And I was in a little bit of a closed-handed <laughs> Uh, place like uh, that's just where we are in life and we we know what it's like to live open-handed we also know what it's like to live with our hand closed and I want to give you this truth right now before we pray go ahead put it up note and look at this I love this an open hand is a double blessing it allows you to let go of what's unnecessary to take hold of what's needed an open hand I'm gonna say it one more time is a double blessing an open hand Double blessing. In fact, everyone, real quick, just open your hand. It's a double blessing. Look at that. It allows you to let go of what's unnecessary to take hold of what's needed. And only God could speak to our hearts. There's things in our hands that don't belong there that God wants to let go of or get rid of. And then there's things that God wants to place in our hands. And when you live in this position, and I'm honoring my son and saying that, and so many others in my life that say, I want to be a blessing. I want to be open-handed right now. When you live here, you can let go of what's unnecessary, and you can take hold of what's needed. So church, let's pray right now, and let's ask God to bless as we give. Lord, we thank you today, God, that you're always speaking to our hearts about what it means to be generous. You're always speaking to our hearts. You love to see us live in a place of obedience and open-handedness, God. And you're constantly speaking to us through the power of your Holy Spirit to let go of what's unnecessary, Lord, and to take hold of what's needed from you, Lord. Today, we let go of the tithe. We let go of the offering. We let go of unforgiveness and other things in our life. Whatever's in our hand that doesn't belong there, we gladly let go of it, Lord. And we take hold of what you have for us. Thank you for the double blessing teaching us how to live and how to serve and how to please and honor you, Lord. We ask you to take what's given today, God. We ask you to bless it and multiply it. We ask you, Lord, all these things. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, please take a moment and uh, watch these announcements. Are you longing for a deeper relationship with God? Join us Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for Thrive Sunday Nights. Come expecting your breakthrough. We have powerful worship, fellowship, teaching, and God's presence. All are welcome and nursery care is provided. You will not want to miss it. Mark your calendars now for the Thrive Marriage Conference to Become One, Saturday, October 1st, right here at Thrive Church. If you want encouragement, affirmation, or help with your marriage, you do not want to miss it. It is going to be a fun day full of exciting topics, door prizes, and a grand prize given by our special guest speakers, Pastor Bo and Teresa. A continental breakfast and lunch will be served and child care is provided. Early bird pricing is available, so do not wait to register. Stop by the kiosk in the lobby for all the details. God wants your marriage to thrive, so come expecting to receive just what you need. To celebrate fall, Thrive Youth is hosting an all-church family fun fest on October 15th at 3 o'clock p.m. Bring the whole family out for games, a hayride, line dancing, a chili cook-off, and lots of photo ops. 
It's going to be a great night and you don't want to miss it. Hey ladies, make plans now to kick off women's ministry with us September 23rd at 7 p.m. in the community room. Take this opportunity to meet other women of God and our new director, Lauren Martinez. She'll be sharing some exciting plans for the fall, including the study that's beginning September 26th, Adamant by Lisa Bevere. You'll want to be part of it all, so stop by the kiosk in the lobby to find out how you can get involved. Praise God. Are you here to worship the Lord this morning? God is good. Amen? Amen. I pray that, you know, when uh, Jill was singing that song, that is a prayer. She was praying that over you. I pray the, I speak the name of Jesus over you. And then she was saying, I'm, I'm praying for your healing. And I thought of you, Tiff, you know. I know what you're going through right now. And I, I just know that that prayer was hitting a lot of you. And if, did you receive that prayer? She's praying that prayer over you. She's speaking the name of Jesus over you, a name that is above every name. And so I pray that you receive that this morning. If you are here at Thrive Church, my name is Teresa. I am Pastor Bo's wife. And if you're here for the first time, can you just wave at me? I'm not going to make you stand. Oh, praise God. That is a worship wave. I love that wave, a worship wave. And those of you that are visiting, we just pray that you will feel right at home and that you'll feel the presence of God. At the conclusion of today's service, we have a gift for you. So join us in the lobby at our Welcome Center. The gift is awesome. I always pretend like I'm a visitor so I can get the gift because there's always some um, homemade baked goods that are inside and things that are are good for you uh, to enjoy when you get home. So please stop by and receive that gift as you're exiting the building. Pastor Bo and I want to thank the Spanish ministry for a beautiful um, display of beautiful food out here. Um, Yesterday, they were out here taking tickets and they were selling tacos and tamales and tostados and and turkey legs and tortillas and a lot of teas. Now that I think of it, a lot of teas. <laughs> a lot of teas. But they were they had a beautiful display of food out here and I thank all of you that came and supported them. And but this morning we're about ready to have a table laid out before us, a banquet table. And by the way, you don't have to buy a ticket to enjoy this meal that is about ready to be served. This meal is absolutely free and bought for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I want you to just get up to the table and receive from the Lord this morning. He's about ready to feed you a meal that will satisfy, that will satisfy. Amen. God bless you. Get on your feet, everybody. Come on. You know, the scripture that Jake was reading, if you look at it, it says, if you're willing, if you're willing to lend to those in need, if you're willing. And that's key because you've got to be willing. So I want, how many of you would be willing today to do something for Pastor Bo? Willing. Raise your hand. Yeah, if someone's hand isn't raised up, you help them out. All right? That's all right. That's right. Help them to be willing. (laughs) You know, I want you to turn to, be willing. All right? So I want you to turn to someone and just tell them this, you are a miracle. Go ahead, right now, go ahead. My God really said. Isn't that better than saying you're ugly? Ha <laughs> come on. 
Now do now turn to your second choice and say, you are a blessing to my life. Go ahead, do that. Turn to someone else. Can I ask you to do one more thing? This is the third thing. And I think you can do this. I think every one of you can help me with this. How many of you know God inhabits the praises of his people? He absolutely loves it when you praise him. He loves it when someone just screams out, Jesus! You know, he just loves it. Have you ever heard, you know, have you ever heard someone just yell your name and you go, I know who that is? I know who's, my mom used to whistle. I know who that is. That's my mom. But you know what I want you to do? Because I want Jesus to hear your voice. I want you to give the Lord the biggest praise, every one of you, on the count of three. Let's go on the count of three. One. Are you ready? Are you ready? Some of you are looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. No, 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 no. We're going to give God some major. Come on. Get warmed up, everybody. Come on. Everybody do this. We're warming up. One, two, one, two, three. Here we go. One, two. Release it. Now, go ahead. Come on, keep it up. Put your hands together. Give God a shout. Come on, give God a shout. I double dog dare you from the back, the sound booth, from wall to wall. Come on, raise it up. Give the Lord praise in the house. Jesus! Jesus! Come on, stop your feet. Jesus! Put the devil under your feet. Put the devil under your feet. Oh, I love that. Now give someone a high five and you may be seated. Real quick, I have someone I want to make a one more couple announcements. Come on up, Mike and Angelica. Two announcements before I release the man of God to, to speak to us. You're going to receive today. But uh, one is that if you're 55 and older, after this service, please go downstairs. We have some Italian food for you that if you take a, vi- a bite of it, you're going to see visions. It's 55 and older. It's for you. It's absolutely free. You could take someone downstairs with you, a guest, and there's plenty of food down there. You don't have to pay for it. Come on, somebody. Well, I felt the Holy Ghost. Jesus, right there. You don't have to pay for it. It's coming again, and you don't have to clean up. Oh, oh. I felt it two times there. Some of you just notify your face that you're alive right now. Come on. It's, I'm just telling you that it's absolutely free. 1230, go downstairs, and they'll, they'll start handing out dishes. Just sit there. There's fellowship. I don't know about you, but I love to be around Christians. Christians don't complain. I'm going to amen myself if you don't get with me. I love my preaching. I'll amen myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was good, Pastor Bo. Amen, Brother Bo. I love that when you get behind me. But I just get around people and just love Jesus and love each other. Don't we need each other, everybody? We need each other. We need each other to be a blessing to each other. And these people behind me are going to make a quick announcement. And I think I, that they're amazing, beautiful people that God has sent into our lives. And I will, uh, this is Mike. And this is Angelica, and I don't know who's taking the, uh, you will. The woman's first. Did you see her? I will. 
funny thing is the first service, I, you know, I always want to honor my husband. I always want him to go first, but he got a little tongue tied when he got up here. So I thought I may as well take. Because he's wearing a Kansas City hat. I, yes. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Just for the record, I'm a Broncos fan. It's been a tough, tough 20 years. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry, Afghan. But I just wanted to, um, people, uh, people call me Jal. We have a clothing ministry. We've been um, building this about five years uh, for the Lord. And um, in the clothing ministry, we give clothing away to families in need. We've went up and down Colfax and um, put spreads of clothing out for people. Um, that's my heart. We have a little video to share. It's going to explain a little bit more. But it's neat that Pastor Mike um, put up the story in Luke of the invitation because this is also an invitation to our church family here that we are having a fashion show next Saturday, 7 p.m. at Trinity Church. You could uh, seek me and my husband at the end if um, you need more information about it. And he ran out of flyers, guys. But you can also go on our website. It's haloscloset.com. And um, you could get more information. Um, a lot of people are like, why a fashion show? Why not? You know, God can do anything with anybody and anything at any time. Some people won't come to church, but people will come to a fashion show. And that's where we're going to reach the lost. And I just uh, personally invite each and every one of you to come it's free. It's for 10 years old and up. It's for men and women. So it's a perfect opportunity for a date night. But if you could just play the video, it explains it a little better. Thank you, family. I believed in God at a very young age. I would often wonder if he saw my family's pain. So I'd pray and ask him to help us. Sadly, at age 14, I was raped in broad daylight by an older boy. My innocence and faith was completely shattered. Nothing seemed to matter. I became like Rahab, using my curves to get attention. Do you know that in our deepest moments of pain, we have the urge to tear our clothing? You will find this throughout the Bible when it speaks of people tearing their robes, covering themselves in sackcloth and ashes. I once was a little girl with a dream who sketched and designed clothing on paper. Now God is using me to build a clothing ministry. I get to work with clothing firsthand. I get to give it away. And if that's not amazing, let me tell you what is. It's very satisfying to see the look in people's eyes when they get something that fits. I am now free from shame and insecurity. My identity is no longer in this world. It is in Christ Jesus.
that powerful? God can use you. He can use anything. How many of you know he used a donkey in the Bible? He used a boat to preach off of. He can use us, and he's going to use his family to be a blessing. Would you all stand on your feet, please, with me, before I introduce the man of God that's going to speak this morning. Oh, I praise you, Lord. Turn it up, son. It's too quiet. Just to be close to you. You know the song. Come on, lift your hands. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. That's my desire. Just to be close. Come on, you can turn that thing up. Make some noise with that, all right? Just to be close to you. Yes, Lord. Just to be close to you. That's my desire. Lift your hands and just talk to him for a moment. You might want to worship him. Oh, God, we praise you today. God, have your way in this house today. God, give it. let your will be done. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in us through, uh, through your servant speaking to us. I ask you, God, to have your way in my life and in our lives. For, God, your desire is to use us. Your desire, God, is to pour your spirit upon all flesh to raise up people for your glory. And to use them, God. There's a calling. There's a purpose, God. God, you have a destiny for each one of us. And, oh, God, I pray that it will be accomplished and done. So, Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to do in this service. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. This morning we've got, I know this is a divine appointment for Scott and Nancy to be here this morning. And I'm thankful that God uses The people that say, I'm available, God. I believe what he's going to say to us is going to help us reach our community. Would you put your hands together and welcome the man of God this morning, Scott Hinkle, as he comes to the pulpit. Come on, Thrive Church. Welcome him this morning. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I think I've I've got this other one. Can we honor Jesus right now? I want you to call out to heaven. I want you to just open your heart. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in whatever your first language is. And let's believe that God is going to pour out his spirit here today. Can we pray together right now? Come on. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love you, O God. God, we, we call on you from the depths of our being. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here today because two or three are gathered. We thank you that you're here today, Lord because you inhabit the praises of your people. I thank you for the anointing and the touch of God that has been expressed, God, in so many ways. But God, we thank you. We thank you for that resurrection power that's alive here at Thrive Church and in Denver, Colorado today. Come on, let's give God thanks. Let's give God a really deep felt thanks. Lord, we love you. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. I just thought we'd call on Jesus before we did anything else here today. You can be seated. It's an honor to be back with you. I was here several years ago. Uh, The city of Denver has always meant a lot to me. 
I cut my teeth in ministry up on Capitol Hill in East Colfax many years ago. We had a ministry there. It was called the Holy Ghost Repair Service. And what did we repair? Broken lives for Jesus and the power of his spirit. And I, as Pastor Bo mentioned, I, I, when, I, when things are scheduled, I don't look at it as a calendar booking as a traveling minister. I look at them as an assignment from the Lord. My wife and I have always felt that God leads us and guides us and gives us assignments. And I believe we're assigned to be here with you guys today. A little bit by way of introduction, uh, my name is Scott Hankel. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey. How many of you won't hold that against me? I have to ask that, Perry. Anyone here from the East Coast? Wow. Oh, one person. Two. Three. Do we have another? No, that's okay. God bless you guys. I'm from, I'm from New Jersey. I'm Jewish by birth. Those are two important factors. Number one, being Jewish means I wasn't raised anywhere near church. New Jersey is not part of the Bible Belt in America. Thirdly, I was a heroin addict. I was thrown out of the state of New Jersey on narcotics charges a long time ago. And I landed in western Kansas. There was culture shock for me and them. When you're raised outside of New York City and you go to the, the, the far end of Kansas, it's a, it's a shock. I landed in one place, began to deal drugs out of my uncle's gas station. They sent me to another set of relatives to avoid going to prison. First thing in the morning, it was my third high school, my fifth year in high school. I was a professional high school student. But I'm, it was an anti-drug lecture. I couldn't think of anything more boring at that stage in my life. Thought I knew everything. I'm sitting in the balcony, and the fellow who was um, giving the lecture had been a rock musician in Hollywood. And he was telling the story of his near-fatal overdose uh, in a humorous first-hand way. And I really didn't want to pay attention. I'm sitting in the balcony. And I'm talking to my cousin who I use drugs with, and we're just laughing and, and that, and all of a sudden I feel something brush across my face, and I hear a voice. It wasn't a loud, booming, audible voice. It was the whisper. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. The voice said to me, Hank, I'll listen to this guy's got something to say. You don't know everything. That was my first word from God. And I listened more with my heart than with my mind. To make a very long story short, I miraculously borrowed a car, found out what his schedule was, caught up with him two schools later. We ended up uh, in a very small town. I walked into the high school there. They could tell I did not go to school there, so they asked me to leave immediately. I walked out into the parking lot. I saw his wife, whom he'd introduced earlier, sitting in a 1969 red and white Malibu Super Sport Chevy with New York plates. Great car. And I went over to talk to her, and I looked into the window, and her, 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 her dashboard had, and had little red stickers on it that said, Jesus loves you. And I thought, Jesus freaks. I didn't know anything about them. I thought they lived in mud in a commune on a hill someplace. <laughs> her husband comes out, and we end up going to an A&W root beer stand. That's very important with Pastor Bo and Teresa. I'll just mention that. You can ask them later on. And I'm sitting in the front seat of his car, and he's opened his Bible, and I don't really understand much of what he's talking about. But I saw something in his life that I wanted. You see, I, I didn't know anything about Christianity. I knew nothing about church. But I saw something in somebody's life that I wanted. 
I didn't even know the normal evangelical process to go to through to become a Christian. He's opened his Bible. He's talking to me, talking to me about an old-time drug addict that got his life straightened out. That caught my ear a little bit, but I didn't get much. But I sat in the front seat of his car, and I just bowed my head and cried out in my heart silently, God, if you can do everything this man's talking about, go on ahead and do it. Jesus, it's either you or the gutter. I've been in the gutter. I have no more options. You want to know something funny? Jesus was listening. Immediately, I felt like someone came in on the inside of me with a scrub brush and a hose. I imagined a guy in painter's coveralls, scrub brush and hoses, cleaning me out because all of the garbage and crud drained out of my life. He gave me a little paperback New Testament. I didn't know what it was for three days until I finally opened it, although I knew it was a good book. I went back to the little town I was in and ran into a kid I knew in front of the high school. I looked at him and I said, hey man, I just asked Jesus to come into my life. I don't have to do drugs anymore. Don't you knock him till you try him. It was it. I'd only been a Christian for 90 minutes. I told everything I knew. <laughs> well, Scott, what happened? A few decades later, he hits me up on social media and says, do you remember that day? I surely do. And that very day, the first day I gave my life to Christ, I was drafted into a lifetime adventure to tell the world that Jesus will change your life, whether you're a drug addict, gang member, tattooed on the back of a Harley and smell like a sewer, or you're a sophisticated, squeaky clean religious with Chanel number five rolling in, excuse me, driving a Bentley. Jesus Christ can change your life. And one of the greatest gifts he gave me beside himself was my wife, Nancy. She's sitting here today. Nancy, would you just stand up for just a moment? This has been my lifelong partner. We're partners in Holy Ghost crime. We're committing crimes against the devil as much as we can. The Lord has assigned us really as missionaries to America, though we've been around the world, communist nations, but our heart and passion is here, and I really love this city. But you know, the Lord gave us another assignment many years ago, miraculously, to the city of New Orleans. It was crazy because... uh, I didn't, have a, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in New Jersey. I was wicked, but what goes on in New Orleans at times makes me look like Billy Graham's golden child. And I'm, I'm Jewish, and what the Cajun folk eat could violate a Jewish man's heritage. But beyond that, we've seen God do miracles. We're preparing for our 42nd year of leading an army there. And I want to share a video with you. Not only will you see something, but there's a message in song that I think leads into the word here today. Thank you, my friend, in the back. You have an incredible man back there, I'll tell you this.
question. Maybe you've had a thought like this, something like this. After you gave your life to Jesus Christ, did you ever wonder why you weren't taken immediately to heaven? I mean, if Jesus loves us as much as we know he does, why not include an immediate Transition to heaven is a part of our initial salvation experience. You know, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. I choose to, to, to follow you. Boom, and we're out of here. Sounds like not a bad plan. Let me look at it another way. For a moment, put yourself in the company of the early believers walking with Jesus. I don't know if any of you have seen that new series. It's been out a little while, The Chosen. Any of you seen that? I mean, we've all seen a lot of Jesus movies and stuff, but the one thing I like about this is as I watch this, I can put myself right there. I mean, walking with Jesus, going through the towns and villages. I mean, seeing the miracles. Uh, you know, when you hear preaching and teaching, it's not somebody quoting Jesus, it's Jesus speaking. Funny thing of it is, is this uh, series is being filmed in the suburb of Dallas that my wife and I live in. And we went down there with a group of ministers to see, you know, it's kind of an open field and, and there's a little pond there. You're standing in front of the pond and the guy goes, over here is Bethlehem. Over here is Capernaum. And I'm going, no, man, this is outside of Dallas. But anyway, <laughs> but imagine 
you are walking with Jesus and you're seeing the miracles, man, all that goes on. And then he tells you that he's leaving. He gives you some information about what will take place and he says, I'll come back. But the fact of the matter is, in the midst of the crazy, insane, chaotic world then and even today, we're here. And that could pose a question, why? And how many of you know the Bible gives clear, definite reasons? How many of you know the Bible gives clear, definite reasons? This is the time to raise your right hand, amen. Raise your right hand if you believe what I just said. All right, some of you didn't. How many of you won't raise your hand no matter what I ask this morning? Let me ask you right now. I want to look at some clear, definite reasons with you. This is important today. I think you'll understand why as we progress this morning. I want to begin with a statement that Jesus made that is one of the most aggressive, bold statements you could ever make. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yes. I mean, you even hear that quoted. You go, at least I do. Pastor Bo, can you do that with me? Yes. Okay, good. What Jesus wasn't talking about was a tightly a tightly run organizational corporate structure that runs just like a well-oiled machine. Neither is he talking about a building. I walked into a church building in South Louisiana that I've ministered in for many years, a great church down in Bayou Lafouche. And I walk into the building, the door open, you know, I go into the lobby, and over here's a little wall, and on the other side of the wall is where the sanctuary used to be. I mean, it got hit by a storm and really wreaked havoc on that building. So Jesus isn't talking about, I'll build a church at the gates of, you know, talking about a weatherproof building. He's talking about people. That I will raise up a people that will prevail against the gates of hell. Now, sometimes I've been in churches where you read that and people are going to go, yes, I'm going to be here. When hell passes over, I'll still be here. Are you serious? Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.14, he says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Jesus is raising up a people. Now many of us have been through hell a long time before we gave our life to Jesus Christ. How many of you could say, that's me, and I'm doing this right here, right now? But that they will prevail, they will conquer, they will triumph over hell. Yes! You know, I've traveled all over America constantly for years, long time. And moreover today, it seems like hell could be prevailing against the church of Jesus Christ. What do you mean, Scott? The people that scattered from church and never came back. Not realize if you're aged or infirm. But those who just kind of got in tune to picking it up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with a latte and a donut for seven minutes and then checked out. The carnality, 
the compromise, the lukewarmness. How many of you have parents? How many of you had parents? Let me just make sure we got everybody here. As a parent, when you had a child that went astray, didn't it break your heart? Think about how God feels with his children that have wandered, compromised, scattered, deconstructed their faith. You see, I'm going to give you four very clear aspects this morning that will be pillars for your life to fulfill everything Jesus has. We talk about revival. Revival doesn't come by magic dropping out of the sky. It comes by people, through people who will pray and spread the gospel. Reason number one that we're still here. How many of you know you're part of the people that are still here because you're here in Thrive Church this morning? Just want to make sure we all know where we're at. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, or in other words, listen up. We are ambassadors for Christ. Man, that sounds good. As though God were pleading through us. We implore or beg you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. You see, one of the reasons and purposes we are still here in the United States of America, in Colorado, in the greater Denver area, is we are here to act and function as ambassadors. That's pretty lofty. So what's an ambassador? A guy with a sash, it goes a lot further than that. He's an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to its foreign land. It's someone, get this, authorized to act on behalf of a higher authority. They serve as its representative. You see, I read this and I'm like, it's obvious when Jesus left, he wasn't like abandoning everybody. Figure later for you folks, you're going to get crazy. I'm out of here. I'm going back to heaven. No, he had a plan. And part of that plan was for his people, me and you, who are following Christ, to act as an ambassador. Now, to be an ambassador is not only an honor and a privilege, but it carries a great responsibility with it. You know, sometimes when someone will give me a a real, genuine, powerful, prophetic word, remember back in 1993, 94, we were living in Dallas. We were getting ready to make a major move. Uh, we, the Lord knew. And all of a sudden, I came into a church that I was serving and part of the leadership with. I sit in the back in the midweek service. Those were the days when we were really dressed different for church. Yeah. But I'd come in in a kind of T-shirt, pair of jeans, sat in the back. And a guy's up in the pulpit, and he goes, Scott Hankel, I don't even know if you're here. But the Lord has this for you. And he spoke a word to me. That was so dead on. 28, 29 years later, we are still living in that word. He didn't even know if I was here, but Jesus did. But when I get words like that, I don't go, oh, yippee, skippy. I go, oh, my. I feel the weight and the responsibility. 
You see, we're authorized and empowered by the Holy Spirit to represent and act on heaven's behalf. First Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. I like the version that says peculiar people. How many of you are considered peculiar? Me, absolutely. I'm grateful for that that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, when this passage became real to me, it changed something in my life. Now, I'm an, I'll go on record. I'm an American, and I believe I'm patriotic. But when that verse became real, I realized that my primary citizenship is not in America. And I live in Texas. And folks, they're a different breed of folk there. All right, how many Texans do we have in the house? Oh, we got more there from, than from the east, okay. But when I realized I'm a citizen of heaven, I'm part of the kingdom, yes, the United States, but I'm part of the kingdom of God. And it changed the way I think. It changed my attitude. It changed the way I conduct our ministry, our business in life, and everything else. Say this with me. I am an ambassador. One sentence. I am an ambassador. You see, we're accountable for this role. Friends, ambassadors aren't kings, queens, rock stars, celebrity influencers, hermits. They are active representatives, acting with authorization on behalf of heaven. Reason number one, we're here, Jesus left us here to be ambassadors. I need to present a question to you that you can pose to yourself before the Lord. And it's this, how may I fulfill my role as an ambassador in a greater way in the days ahead in my circle of life? Now, the video I showed you earlier, that's a little bit of our circle of life. It may not be yours. But how can you and I fulfill our role in the circle of life God has placed us in? It's a question to take before Jesus. Reason number two that we're here. Imagine you're talking to Jesus in John 16, 17. You're having a conversation with him. And he says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Now stop, Jesus. You, you brought me out of a drug overdose. You healed my marriage. You healed my daughter of cancer. You gave me a job when there were no jobs to find. What do you mean it's for my good that you're leaving here? We've been doing pretty good. He said, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the helper or the comforter, also known as Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. How many of you are glad for the Holy Spirit? Now, let me just tell you this. The Holy Spirit's power is available to every believer, but it is not automatic because you're a Christian. You have to ask. Luke eleven thirteen tells us that if you then being evil 
will give your children gifts. Will not your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. He loves us so much. How many of you have run into the frustration of trying to live the Christian life in your own power? That's why Holy Spirit is here. Not by might, nor by power, nor by an extra shot at Starbucks, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Say this with me. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see, an ambassador is authorized and empowered by his home government to fulfill the task before him. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power and authority over all. And when the Bible says all, it means all. All the power of the enemy. You hear some people talk, and the devil is gargantuan, and God is puny. And if you go to Isaiah 14, it says when, the, when they jerk the wraps off the devil, people are going to go, is that what kept me up at night? Is that what messed with my home? That? Another illustration. When I was a young wannabe thug, uh, me and a guy who was, and his brother who were known as being bad in the neighborhood. We were walking down the street late one night in Asbury Park. And we carried knives, blades in those days. And we're walking down the street, we hear a dog bark. Man, we jump up literally on the roof of a car. Whip out our knives. We're going to do battle with a pit bull, a German shepherd or a Doberman. It's a chihuahua. <laughs> I'm serious. It's kind of like what I'm talking about. Incidentally, my friend and I entered into an unspoken covenant that night. We'd never tell. He passed away, so I'm clear. But that actually happened just like that. We have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Acts 1-8, you shall receive power. I'm going to quote Texans, to get her done. We're going to get her done in the neighborhood of Federal Heights. We're going to get her done in, in Denver. We're going to get her done in Colorado. Why not the United States of America? We need help. Look, if you're thinking about socialism, go 90 miles off the coast of Florida. I've been to Cuba many times. Go over there for a week. Come back and tell me how it works for you. Reason number three that we're here. Luke 19, verse 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. The first thought is, what would be our 10 pounds today that we would be entrusted with? Let's start with the basic, our salvation. The word of God, the gifts of the spirit, the name of Jesus that we spoke about. Let's just speak the name of Jesus. I hear that song, and I mean, I could hear it over, and I do over and over. and over. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
I believe that's an anthem for today. The gifts of the Spirit. Power. We've been entrusted with all this and more. We've been entrusted with this. And we're told to occupy, Jesus said, till I come. Now, the word occupy is interesting. What it, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Let me give you a great illustration. I was speaking in Florida several years ago. Nancy and the children were with me. I walk in the door, and pastor takes me aside to the office. And Nancy and our children have to find a place to sit. So they come and sit in the second row. And... I mean, they've got a nice seat there, but the lady who usually sits in that seat comes. How many of you have ever visited a church and sit in somebody else's seat? No name played on it, no initials carved. And they're looking at you like daggers coming out of their eyes, and you can feel the... So then pastor stands up and says, you know, we're glad to have Scott Henkel speaking for us today, and over here is... His family, would you please stand up? And they stood up, and I think the electricity left her eyes, the other lady's eyes. Occupy doesn't mean find a sit, sit down there, squat, and sing, I shall not be moved. It has to do with carry on business. It has to do with investing the 10 pounds and more that God's given you. Investing what he's given us. Let me get back to carrying on business. What kind of business? We look at the life of Jesus. Remember when he was a child? Actually, in those days, all all the community or the village almost would would migrate to Jerusalem for holidays and special events. And the kids wouldn't often just stay with their family. They'd be with their uncle, their cousin, their friends. And after three days, get this, three days, Joseph and Mary realized Jesus, he's not here. And so they go back to the temple. This brings us to Luke chapter 2. And they find their son. And Jesus says to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Father's business. Could there be something in this for us? The phrase father's business to me, lets you know that you have a relationship with the Father. Secondarily, uh, you might have an awareness of the assignment or the business of the Father that pertains to your life. How can you begin to pursue the Father's business? It begins in our attitude, in our perspective. I think Matthew 6.33 is great. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Micah 6, 8 helps us with our perspective. He's shown you, O man, and I believe that applies to the ladies too, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. I got to add another verse, Matthew 4, 19, about Father's business. Jesus said, follow me. We all want to be a follower of Jesus. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Interesting interpretation of that verse. Pastors, I submit it to your great theological mind. If you are, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So if you're following Jesus, that means you're also fishing. 
if you're not fishing, you're not really following. Is that theologically accurate, men and women of God? Okay, I passed the test. That's part of the Father's business. Out of 118 elements in the world, Jesus chose two elements to to describe the life of and define the life of every believer. He said, "You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world." How many of you know salt and light affect everything they come in contact with? You and I are designed for influence for the kingdom of God. Me? Yes, you. It's amazing when you choose to follow Christ and you allow him to make you a fisher's a man. Look, you may be a better cleaner than catcher. You know, you may disciple better than you reach. But every now and again, drop out a line or cast a net, otherwise you'll be out of business sooner or later. And you may be a better catcher than cleaner. But if you don't pay any attention to what's going to happen afterwards, you're irresponsible. Folks, I'm talking about life and death here today. When I speak to the church of Jesus Christ, I am pleading on behalf of a nation that's on the ropes, but there is hope, there is power. We are in the middle of a waking up. People say awakening. I use the term waking up. In my house, I shared this earlier, there's a chair in my living room that on occasion I would doze off. Now, my wonderful, godly, loving wife has imparted to my children, my daughter, my grandchildren, when they see me asleep in the Holy Ghost or asleep in my chair, they like to do something. Scott! Now, my immediate reaction is, You see, we're in the middle of that kind of a season here in America. We're waking up. This garbage that's going, that's pouring, this evil that's pouring out of all leadership and government all over America is just not right according to the word of God. It's not politics, it's good versus evil. Look, when I went to school back in another century, they taught me reading, writing, and arithmetic, not whether I was a boy or a girl. I knew that. We're here to occupy, to take care of the Father's business, to influence and affect everyone we come into contact with. Oftentimes, we eat in a restaurant we did last night. I'm not bragging. I'm not setting us up. But it's kind of like the person who's serving us. We just go, you know, we're Christians. We're ministers. We like to pray over our food. By the way, is there anything we can pray with you about? Yes. At times they struggle to find something. At times they take off their glasses and begin to weep because God has touched their heart. Right. You don't have to be an evangelist with a crusade pulpit for that, my friend. I'm trying real hard. Thank you very much for working with me. The fourth reason that we're still here, final one. I find it in Acts chapter 16, which is really one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. I'll recount it to you. 
Paul and Silas have just cast the devil out of a girl who was a fortune teller. And the Bible says she was irritating them. So they just cast the demon out of her. She was being handled by some handlers that were making money off of her fortune telling. So when they could no longer make money, they had Paul and Silas locked up. So what did Paul and Silas do when they went to jail? They started to have a little personal worship service. And the book of Acts tells us that others were listening. Here's the note. Somebody's always listening, my friend. And then as a result of that worship service, Pastor Jake, there was an earthquake. Chains fell off, doors flew open. Now, if I was incarcerated and that happened, I would run out the front door. Man, I'd be the first out. I know no one in this house has ever had that experience. But nevertheless, and the jailer wakes up and goes, ah, he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, hey, don't worry, guys, we're still here. The jailer takes Paul and Silas, cleans them up. Then he asked that famous question, what must I do to be saved? So the jailer gets saved. His family gets baptized. I mean, God is having a jailhouse revival. But then the magistrates, the officials, send down the word, tell Paul and Silas they can leave. Mm. Verse 37 of Acts chapter 16. Paul's, this is how the Bible reads it. Then I'll give you my translation. How many of you are still with me? Great. How many of you give me about 10 more minutes? Raise your hand. 10, 20, 30, 40. No. Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we're Roman citizens. To be a Roman citizen was mean, mean excuse me, meant you had a don't mess with me card. Even though we're Roman citizens, they threw us into prison. Now that they want to get rid of us quietly, no, let them come themselves and escort us out. Here is the Hankel 2022 interpretation of Paul's words. You've treated us illegally, unethically, and immorally, and we're Roman citizens. Don't mess with us. And now you want us to leave the county jail at 3 a.m. in the morning, take us to Denver International Airport, put us on a red-eye flight, take us, fly us to the other end of the world before anyone knows what's happening. Not going to happen. This is how we roll. Tomorrow, 12 noon, front door. I want a parade. I want the mayor. I want the chief of police. I want the jailer. I want the governor. I want a news conference with Hebrew Broadcasting Network. We will not go quietly. Ain't going to happen. I live in Texas. I had to use that. You say, Scott, what does that mean to us? Just as the Romans wanted Paul to leave and go away quietly. The climate you and I live in, we prefer we not say a word. Oh, they like you to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Provide school for children, as long as it's not Christian-oriented. You can do nice things for hurting folk. But don't ever say a word about Jesus Christ. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Reason number four that we're here, my friend, Jesus left us here to be his voice. 
Say this with me. I am a voice. We need to take it up a little louder. I am a voice. One more time. I am a voice. Psalm 107 verse 2 says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those whom he's redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed me. He redeemed Nancy. He redeemed pastors from the hand of the enemy. I'm going to say so. You see, every one of you has been given a weapon. What is that? Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You got to say something. We must say something. We're a voice. Whether it's in a coffee shop to a barista, whether it's in a school board, whether it's to your family. I'm Jewish. You want to talk about pushback from becoming a Christian? And yet they all came in, some kicking and dragging, if I can put it that way, on their deathbed. Psalm 94, 16 and 17 says this. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will take a stand for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help. Listen to this. My soul would have settled in silence. The Lord is our help. His presence inside. I just had to tell somebody what happened to me. I hadn't been to church. I hadn't heard a sermon. I I knew Zippo about Christianity. But I had to say something. And I've just been saying something my whole life. The funny thing that I love is how the doors opened up for me to say something to people that I grew up with, that knew me as a drug addict, that wouldn't even talk to me. As, as an adult, until they saw the work of God in my life. Even the mayor of the town that I love. I went down to visit him. I knew a pastor that they were doing a big citywide thing in the hood. So I went down and talked to my pastor friend. I said, hey, where's the mayor? Over there. Mayor and I went to high school together. He knew I was a scallywag. And I went up, tapped him on the shoulder, began to talk to him, began to speak, pray for him. Then he posts on social media. He said, Scott Hagel came down, hadn't seen him in, I won't tell you how many years, but a long, long time. And he said, I want him to continue to pray for me. Are you kidding me? I'm an introvert. I prefer not to talk. My wife can attest to that. But Jesus will use anybody who will let him do it his way. Friends, I could go on a long time. I have a great passion. I believe God is doing something incredible in this community and and through this church and in your life. But I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. I need to ask you a couple of questions. I've set a banqueting table of the word of God. And then I'm inviting you to come and dine. In just a few moments, I will ask you, for those of you who say, Scott, those four pillars of truth you share, those four reasons we're still here as as believers. 
to be an ambassador empowered by the Holy Spirit about the Father's business and a voice, that you will take those four things and allow God to create pillars in your life that you will live through. They will be the foundation. But before I do that, I need to come back. I share my story not because I'm proud of it. I'm embarrassed for the young man that I was and the things that I did. But if Jesus can change my life, he can change anybody's life. And here's what I want to speak with you about for just a quick moment. You've come today. And while this is a great place to be, you can feel the vibe, warmth, acceptance, nice folk, good music. But it's kind of like you're on the outside looking in. You have never opened your life intentionally to Jesus Christ. You may know about him, but do you really know him? By that I mean, have you personally said, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son and you paid the price for everything wrong I've ever said, done, or thought, every sin I've ever committed. And I ask you to forgive me, God, to come into my life and cleanse me, to take over my life. I choose to follow you. You see, that's how you begin a new life, whether you're seven or 77 or more. And Jesus is saying, come to me if you are weary, if you're laden, if you're overburdened with life. He said, come to me, take my yoke. In other words, walk with me. You're fighting God. You've been fighting with God. The only way you can win a fight with God is to surrender. You'll never win. When you surrender, there's peace and there's a future. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Scott, yeah, I, you know, I, I prayed a prayer. I gave my life to Christ. Man, life's happened. Things have gone on. I've been distracted. I've given myself over to stuff. I'm here in church today, but man, I need to make my heart and my life right with God. I need to recommit my life to Christ. Jesus is saying, come on, I'm calling for you. You're here today and you say, I need to make my heart or my life right with God, either for the very first time or you want to renew your relationship with Jesus. If that's you, if I've spoken to you now, let me see your right hand right now. Let me see you right now. You want to make your heart or your life right with God. I'll wait for you for just a moment. You see, going to church never made anyone a Christian any more than living in a garage turns you into a car. It has nothing to do with your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt. It has to do with your personal Jesus. I open my life to you. You've raised your hands right now. And I'm going to ask you to do something else. You see, this is a day when people are standing up for crazy, insane stuff. But Jesus said, if you take a stand for me, I will stand for you and with you. If you raised your hand, would you stand to your feet right now? Come on. And I'm going to ask you to leave your seat and join me up here at the altar right now. Come on. Come on. Yes, come on down. You know what? If you let me let me ask you to do this. Those of you that are sitting here, I'm going to ask you to turn to the person next to you. 
and say, if there's any reason you need to go down to the altar for prayer, I will go with you. Even if it's your spouse, if there's any reason why you need to come down to the altar for prayer, I will go with you. Friends will bring friends closer to Jesus Christ. Turn and ask them right now. I don't care if you're holding hands. Look at each other and say that and come on down. Jesus is going to bring new life, renewed life, healing, new birth. Let's sing that song for a moment while others are coming. I have decided to follow Jesus and we're going to pray to her. Pray together. to follow No turning back, no turning back. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now that those others, pastors and some other leaders are coming to pray along with you individually. Friends, this is the most important part of the service right here. Not the singing, not the preaching. But you see, this altar, when this church was built, this was created for people to meet with God to receive from God, to get help and healing and grace from God. This area right here. And he says, call on me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I'm going to lead you into prayer right now. I'm going to ask the whole congregation. This is our family. We're going to pray together. Some of you who are in leadership, if you want to come alongside some of these that you know or you don't know. And I want to lead them in a prayer to make their heart and life right with God for starters. Let's all pray together right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness and loving kindness. You've done more for me than I could ever deserve. You gave up your sinless life that I could have new life. You were buried. You rose again. And when God raised you from the dead, he proved he loves me and that he has the power to bring healing and change to my life. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I choose to follow you, holding nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, O God, for your loving kindness and your goodness. We're going to continue here for a few more minutes, but Pastor Bo has got some instructions for these folks here. Let's all stand to our feet. Should we all stand this morning? Isn't this amazing to see every one of these people? Family, let's respond. Isn't this amazing to see every one of these people? I know I have workers in the building. I have staff. They know what to do. We should be handing some booklets out right now to every one of you. It's a book. And inside of it, sweetheart, is just a little card. That card is going to make a difference. It's almost going to be like a birth certificate, spiritually speaking. And then when you fill it out, and you just, your name and just a phone number, we just want to connect with you. A lot of people in the church say, well, no one called me. We want to call you and just say congratulations. See, I've been there. And every one of these people, like Ruth, raise your hand, Ruth, we've been here. All of us in this auditorium, we've been right where you are. Jerry, how many of you been here? How many of you been here, each one of us? Well, we came to an altar, and someone called us. And you know what's so cool? is someone will connect with you and help you in your walk with the Lord. Then when you screw up, they'll say, hey, we love you, but you'll do better next time. Hello, somebody. Anybody understand? 
And so we, all we want you to do is take that book. And during coffee break, don't go out and smoke a cigarette. Sit down and read it. Amen. It'll help you. I've done it. I've been there. I did it. I, 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 when I gave my heart to the Lord, I, the, the closest friend I had, because they would go at, beer, at, at lunchtime and go have a beer. I opened my Bible because I needed something different. See, if you want something different in, in your life, you have to do something different. And so I began to read my Bible and become my life. And so I just want you to read that. It's going to help you. The card now. There's people as you walk back are going to hand you a pen. Or someone can help you fill it out. If you have too many tears in your eyes, you know, have someone fill it out for you. Put your phone number down. And we're going to call you. Make sure you do that. But listen, congratulations. We love you. You can all go back to your seats now, all right? Let me just share something with those of you that made a commitment to Jesus. When the guy led me to the Lord in the parking lot, he said, You know, in the little town that you live, there's a white wood frame church on the edge of town. I live two and a half blocks from that church. There was something that happened inside of me I wanted more. So I walked to that church. Now I'm going to tell you something that's crazy. 52 years later, I am still hooked up with that church. I serve in an oversight capacity. But I went to church and they became my family. This is your family. They love you. Yeah, you got a few weird cousins and uncles in every family. I get that. But with God our Father, Jesus our elder brother, this is your family. I'm your weird relative, just in case you needed to know that. Second thing I want to pray for, we prayed in God it did a great work in so many lives and it'll continue. And don't let the devil tell you that nothing really happened up here. Jesus said, if you call on me, I will answer you. He said, if you come to me, I will not turn you away. That is a promise that is better than gold. Secondly, this, those four pillars of truth that we discussed this morning, these are important for us to understand. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. What you don't know can hurt you, if not kill you. You are ambassadors and representatives of Jesus Christ, no matter who you are. The power of the Holy Spirit is here if we will ask. Our mission is to occupy, to take what he's given us and invest it, to use it. God has an incredible purpose and plan for your life that would blow your doors off, whether you're 17 or 87. And for you to be a voice, somebody needs to hear what you've got to say. Believe it or not. Let's pray this together, this commitment, this consecration to these four truths in our life. Lord Jesus, thank you. I am your ambassador. I ask for and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I choose to occupy and be about the Father's business. I am your voice. Speak through me to my friends, to my neighbors, to acquaintances, to strangers. Lord, you've given me life and I choose to spread it in Jesus' name. Now let's thank God for a moment. Can we do that? We love you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you.
I want to mention simply we have some resources, and that's what they are to help you. One of them's a little booklet I wrote years ago. I laugh at the title today, but it says, Christian, come out of the closet. It does not mean that. It's a one-hour read to help you begin to share your faith with other people and be a voice. Recapturing the primary purpose puts the great commission of going to all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples in the place of top priority. Thirdly, it's the book I never wanted to write. We share a little bit of our story of how God saved us, launched us, brought us together, the miracles, but that God is raising up a surprise generation. I got the title, Surprise, Living Life in the Unexpected, when I went to a high school reunion. I went to the reunion of the school I was put out of. They knew me. And I was there a couple years ago, and I'm talking to a former classmate, and he comes up to me, and he says, Scott, I heard you're a minister. I said, yes. He said, I was surprised. This is so am I. But yet God is raising up a surprise generation, those that may not look like church kids. But they are having an encounter with Jesus. Their life has changed and transformed. And God is working a surprise work today in our world and in our land. This and then we just like to help you any way we can. Jesus Christ will change your life. We're unofficially outfitting an army across America to say that message. Yes, absolutely. Yes, sir. And then one more. Oh, there we go. All right. And then this, it says revival period. We were having a family team meeting, and we're talking about doing another shirt, revival. And then it came up, revival period. In other words, nothing more, nothing less, revival period in our land. So you want to make that statement? There it is right there. Come on, Pastor. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. She got slain in the T-shirt. I mean the spirit. I just want to say, Pastor Bo, Teresa, it's an honor for Nancy and I to be here. I want to pray over you and then turn the service back to Pastor. Father, thank you for these men and women. Thank you for this church that you've raised up to make a difference such a time as this. Father, your grace, your peace, your healing, your protection, your provision, your direction. Father, thank you for it all on Thrive Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, sir. Let's let God know how much we love him and Nancy both. Wonderful people. So grateful for him. I want to give this book away. Surprised. Uh, uh, just young, young man in the red, run up here, please. Yeah, you gave your heart to the Lord. Michael, get that to him, please. Yes. And then this one, recapturing the primary purpose over here. Yes, come on up. So we are, you got to come up quick. Uh, my taco was waiting for me. Amen. All right. Now, here's the one. Christians come out of the closet. Back over here. Anybody want that The young lady in the yellow? Take it back to her. Father, we lift our hands to you. We devote our lives to you, Father. I thank you that you've not left us. And everyone said amen. God, you filled us with the Holy Spirit, and everyone say amen. amen. Thank you that we're ambassadors, and everyone said amen. amen. God, you want to bless us, and everyone said amen. amen. Father, go with us today. We ask you to remind us that the Spirit of God lives inside of us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you more. God bless you. Have a beautiful day.
Call me 